This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Today, Pastor Kramer continues his God is sermon series in his message, God is Faithful. If you were asked to write an essay entitled, God Is, what would you include in your description of God? Today's story from Scripture has an important truth for you to include in your composition. Stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we want to know you more. We ask that you show us who you are as we study together the words of your sacred scripture. Amen. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing.
Today's reading is from Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. Let us do abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or we'll walk his side in the way what he says he will do where he sends we will go never fear only trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey I recently saw a poster which made me chuckle a bit. The poster read, I don't have trust issues. I just know better. We can become quite skeptical of promises made to us, can't we? And it's for a variety of reasons, I suppose. Sometimes people let us down. They don't keep their word. In the big things, for instance, they promise to be faithful in wedding vows and then they don't follow through and they're unfaithful. Or they don't keep their word on a business deal and we wind up getting burned. It might be even in smaller things. For instance, a friend says that he'll be there at 7 and shows up at 7.25. A minor offense, true, but still it makes us a bit more skeptical of promise makers. It chips away at our trust. Sometimes, more often than we like to admit, we even find ourselves breaking promises that we've made. We disappoint ourselves as we make promises to ourselves, and we disappoint others as well. And then we look around at our world today, and we see broken promises from politicians, and corruption in our government, and even broken trust in our churches through leader immorality or fellow members who seem to talk out of both sides of their mouth, and it leaves us a bit more skeptical and distrusting. And sometimes we carry that lack of trust into our relationship with God. We wonder if God can really be trusted. 
Maybe along the way, for instance, you've suffered hardship and you feel that God's not been faithful to one of his own. Or a prayer hasn't been answered in a way that you desired it to be answered. So you find yourself wondering, does God really care? Does he even have the ability to follow through on his promises that you come across in Scripture? Well, our narrative for today has a word of encouragement for us in our faith walk with God. It's a story of Abraham and Sarah. They were two people to whom God made some big promises. He promised them that he would give them many descendants, even though they were very old, barren, and beyond childbearing years. He also promised them much land. And finally, he promised them that he would bless them and make them a blessing to the nations of the world. These are very big promises on God's part. Now, before we get into their story with God, we need to review the setting. Remember that God's perfect world had been blown to smithereens, so to speak, shattered because of human sin. The first 11 chapters of Genesis tell us that story. Now, in the 12th chapter, we see God exercising his grace by setting into action his plan to rescue and restore his broken world to himself. And so Genesis 12, this passage we looked at, is actually a call story. Abraham and Sarah being called into God's service and God promising them those three things. And God tells Abraham, therefore, to go to Canaan. And we know that Abraham went. His going was an obedient act of faith, but it was just a beginning step. Abraham was about to learn what trusting God is really all about and, and learn what a trustworthy friend God really is. We think of Abraham sometimes as a man of great faith. In fact, he's in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. But Abraham's faith was not always so great, at least not according to the stories that follow this call from God. There are some embarrassing episodes that show us that Abraham had a lot to learn about trusting God. For instance, we get to the last part of chapter 12, and there was a drought and a famine in the land. And Abraham didn't trust God enough to provide, I guess, so he headed down to Egypt like everyone else did in those days to get food. When they arrived in Egypt, he knew how beautiful Sarah, his wife, was and that that could be a problem for him. He said to her, I know the Pharaoh's going to hear how beautiful you are and want you for his wife, so let's just tell people that you're my sister so that he doesn't kill me for being your husband. Well, sure enough, Pharaoh heard of Sarah and her beauty, and he took her as his own. Abraham gave away his wife to save his own skin. Where's the trust in that? And what's at stake in losing Sarah to Pharaoh? Well, it would be the promised descendants that were to come. It appears that Abraham was throwing everything away. It's a cliffhanger. It's not really what I would call great faith, would you? But God stepped in and corrected the situation. 25 years passed and still no children. During that time, 
Abraham faithlessly questions God, and then he even takes matters into his own hands and tries to help God make this promised child happen by having sex with one of Sarah's female servants to produce a child. And that turned out to be a fiasco. Both Abraham and Sarah also laughed at God's promises eventually. These promises of descendants numbering as many as the stars of the sky. But God had the last laugh. They had a son. They named him Isaac, which means he laughs. God kept his promise. He had the last laugh, didn't he? Anyway, they loved that boy. And by this time, Abraham is starting to figure out that God can be taken at his word. We see further evidence of that in a very scary episode in Genesis 22, which begins this way. After these things, God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham's faith. He told Abraham to take his only son, Isaac, whom he loved, and go to Moriah and to a mountain that God would show him. He was there to offer Isaac up as an offering. Abraham went. On the way up the mountain, Isaac, who's carrying the wood for the offering fire, asks Abraham, Father, where is the lamb for the offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. When they got to the top of the mountain, they made an altar and placed the wood upon it. And before Isaac knew what was happening, he was spread out on top of the wood and his father was raising a knife to slay him. Suddenly a voice shouted, Abraham, stop! And the Lord knew that Abraham trusted him with everything. He turned and looked behind him and there was a ram stuck in the thicket, and Abraham took the ram and offered it as the sacrifice that day. And he called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. Abraham had become a man of great faith. He had learned from experience that God is faithful to his promises. God not only came through on the descendants who became the nation of Israel, but the other two promises were fulfilled as well. As far as the land is concerned, under Joshua's leadership later on, God would lead Abraham's descendants in capturing the promised land. And the promise of being a blessing to the nations, it came even later, as we see in the Gospel of Matthew, which opens with a genealogy where Matthew outlines the genealogy of Jesus the Christ the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And it begins with Abraham. Jesus <clears throat> would climb another hill, carrying wood on his back. Like Isaac, he would trust his heavenly father and do what his father asked. He would not run away. He would be the offering. No last-minute rescues for him, like the Abraham-Isaac story. Jesus, God's only son, the son whom he loved, was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the blessing to the nations. Our story for today, you see, 
<clears throat> is not only a call story, it's also meant to be a word of encouragement to trust in God's promises, to take him at his word, because God is always faithful to his word, faithful to the end. Obviously, the, the people of Israel knew that later on in the book of Isaiah, Abraham and Sarah's story would be used as an illustration to show God's faithfulness and power. Abraham's descendants, the nation of Israel, were needing encouragement to trust God's promises that he would and could rescue them from Babylonian exile and bring them home to restore Jerusalem. It looked like an impossibility. They weren't so sure God could do that. But listen to what God says to them through the prophet Isaiah. Listen to me. You who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you, for he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. In other words, if God can make a great nation from one barren couple, Abraham and Sarah, then surely he can rescue Israel and revive barren Zion as a joyful new Eden. You can trust his promises, Israel, Isaiah was saying. Biblical scholar D.A. Carson says this about the purpose of the Abraham and Sarah story. He says, what God wants of us is that we turn to holy to him holy and say in effect you are god you are lord you are sovereign i am dependent on you i need you i will trust you and i will obey you now when the bible describes faith it describes it as more than intellectual assent to something like i believe in mom and apple pie is an American. Faith leads to trusting action on our part. We take a step of faith. We talk about that. God wants us, first of all, to trust him with our salvation. The world may tell you to do this or do that to get God to love you and let you into his heaven. But God says, no, believe in my son and trust him and what he's done for you at the cross. For all the failures in Abraham's life and in your life and mine, God has provided a sacrificial lamb. The stories and the accounts after Abraham began to multiply in the Old Testament in anticipation of the time when God would provide the sacrifice that far exceeds the value of some ram caught in a thicket. The sacrificial death of Jesus is enough to save you and me from sin and death. There's nothing more that you and I can add to that. We can only come like beggars with empty hands to receive a precious gift from our King. We trust in what God in Christ has done for us. I had a friend who passed away last year from cancer. She lived in another area. She was a remarkable believer. She arranged her funeral service prior to her death 
She told me that she had met with her pastor and even instructed him on how to begin the funeral sermon. Mary Olson deserved to go to hell. And then he was to take a long pause and go on and tell the gospel to the congregation that that gospel which was the center of her life, her only hope. You see, she was trusting only in the sacrifice for sin at the cross. And she lived the rest of her life then serving Christ, a wonderful servant in grateful response. She took God at his word that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone in Jesus Christ. When you read God's word, you also discover that there are all kinds of other promises for believers in Christ to hang on to and trust. Promises about prayer and setting priorities and abundant living and contentment and having peace within and the joy of serving and even losing your life for the sake of the gospel has a promise. I'd like to share with you one of my favorites that I have built my own life upon. It's a promise for those of us who are on mission for Christ. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's the promise. Life is not easy. Mission is not easy. Sometimes life does not make sense. As someone has said, God has not promised us a quiet journey, only a safe arrival. Hardships and obstacles come along and they can cause a believer many doubts and fears and even tempt us to give up our mission. I know that from personal experience. So my favorite promise through the years has been this one, lo, I am with you always to the end. It's been my strength in serving him, especially during difficult times. Let it be yours as well. I encourage you to build your life and your ministry on this promise. God really does keep his word. That's what I have found from my own personal experience. Since it's Father's Day, I'd like to end this message with a story about a son and his father that fits well with this message on God's faithfulness. It's a true story from the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona, Spain. As the gun sounded for the 400-meter race, Great Britain's Derek Redmond knew that his lifelong dream of winning the gold medal was now in view. But as he entered the backstretch, Redmond was sent sprawling by the ripping pain of a torn hamstring. By an act of sheer will, he struggled to his feet in excruciating pain and began hopping towards the finish line as everyone passed him. Suddenly, a figure bounded out of the stands past a security guard. It was Derek's father. He threw his arms around his son. In a voice choked with emotion, he whispered, Come on, son, let's finish this together. The crowd cheered. Some even wept as they watched the father, half carrying his wounded son jerkily down the stretch and across the finish line. As Christ followers, as we run our race of faith and mission, you have a heavenly father who will always be with you watching over you, coming alongside to help you when you fall, and saying to you, come on, let's finish this together. He's faithful. You can take him at his word, so trust him. Let's pray. 
gracious and heavenly Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit working through your word today, help us to always trust your promises and your faithfulness. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has helped you build a stronger, steadfast relationship with a loving, caring, faithful God. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry dependent upon the free will gifts of our listening audience. 
Many people choose to remember a loved one with a memorial gift, which can be given in memory of a special person on their birthday or another meaningful occasion. If you'd like to make a donation in loving memory of someone, send it to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or visit our website at christiancrusaders.org. Our website is secure and extremely easy to find important links to podcasts or rebroadcasts of Christian Crusaders programs, as well as daily devotions and our latest podcast interview with the well-known Christian singer and songwriter Michael W. Smith. So be sure to visit our website soon, and we encourage you to click on the Give link at the top of our webpage and discover a variety of ways to support this ministry. As As always, we are thankful for each of you for your prayers and gifts. We're happy you chose to join us today, and we look forward to worshiping with you again next Sunday. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 85th year of broadcasting biblical truth. From all of us here at Christian Crusaders, Happy Father's Day.